That was really short. I told you. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm older now. It takes me a little longer. The phone booth, they moved the phone booth, and I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get changed. All right. We're glad you're here today. Um, this is a very, very cool day, okay? Uh, I, we started with uh, the Hoosier One a month ago, over a month ago. I've been praying for people to get saved so we could do this. This, might, this was the goal, right? To, to glorify God by what we're going to do today. And I'm still praying for those four people. But this week, i got to sit with a young man. I'm going to ask him to come on here. Joseph, Rudis, and Joey, however you, Joseph is how you want to be called, Joseph, okay? And Joseph came by, you can come on down in the water, it's warm. If it were cold, I'd still have you come down, <laughs> okay? And um, we sat down and talked in my office, and, and um, he has served in the Foreign Legion over in Ukraine. And so he made a comment to me. And he said, over there, there are no atheists in the foxhole. You know, that, that old World War II thing. And he says, they're right. He says, I talked to God. So when he told me that story, guys, what do you do? You take the opportunity to ask, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? No, he had not. And so um, then I began to explain, and I think he understood it. Yes, he did, okay? And, and I got to hear him pray to God and ask Jesus to be his Savior. Amen. So this is Joseph. You can wave. You've got a fan club, by the way. Yeah, go ahead and wave. Yeah. Well, everybody, look at that. you got a bigger fan club than you thought, right? Okay. So here, here's, here's the thing. So you're going to need to get jo to know Joseph quickly because Joseph plans on going back into the, back into the Foreign Legion service, all right? So he's only going to be here for a short period of time. He's coming tonight to Thanksgiving dinner. So look, look him up, okay? You can bring your fan club with you, okay? And uh, we'd be glad to have you and uh, get to know him, and he's got an interesting story, and I know th that I'm a believer, and not only do I get to spend some time with him here and this week, but I get to spend eternity with him because he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So put this up on the slide. So this is what baptism is, in case you, you want to know what it is, okay? Why do we do this? Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. The believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness, in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his or her faith in the final resurrection of the dead. Okay, so, um, and this is a passage of Scripture that, you know, I'll get to that in a minute, Okay. Um, but this is what baptism is. We, we do what we call believer's baptism. So what we're doing here doesn't save him. He did that 
on Tuesday when he was in the office, Wednesday when he was in the office. Okay? He asked Christ in his life. This is his public testimony to you all here and whoever's watching online that he's accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. So the water doesn't do anything. But here's a symbolic part of it. And this is, we're going to do symbolic, we're going to, we're going to do that in a little bit with the Lord's Supper. But the symbolic part of this is, as we read that, is a burial of the old wife. And that's when he goes under the water. And the resurrection to the new life. And that's why I'll try to launch him, okay? Um, but anyway, you're okay with that. Okay. Um, he wanted to be in the Air Force, so we'll see how that works out. But um, that's what it's about, okay? Uh, is he perfect now? He's covered in the blood of Jesus. He, he's justified. Uh, he's went through the process of regeneration, being born again. But he's also in that process from Wednesday through the day that the Lord calls him home. He's in a process called sanctification. That means he's going he's to try to live like Jesus. He's going to fail at times, because we do, okay? But I want you to know these guys, we're praying for you. As you walk through that, we're here for you. Uh, if you can contact us from across the globe, you're more than welcome to, because we, we, we know that we can pray for you from here, and God can very well touch you over there. So with that, I'm excited about this. You excited? Yeah. There we go. Okay, um, this is the verses out of Matthew 28. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them to observe all that I had commanded you, and, commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So if you'll turn this way. And, all right, you ready for this? Are you guys ready for this? Okay. Amen. Please stand with me once again if you're able, and we'll continue to worship through song. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Come Cause for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming love I was lost in utter darkness Till you came and rescued me I was bound by all my sin When your love came and set me free Now my soul can sing a new song Now my heart has found a home Now your grace is always with me And I'll never be alone Come now Come thou fount of all blessing, come thou fount, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing, come thou fount of all blessing. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Come thou found, come thou king. Fount of all blessing, come thou fount, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing, come thou fount of all blessing. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Man, is it glad to see everyone here and everyone online. Um, we just have a few uh, announcements, and oh darn, Pastor did step in. I had one that he didn't even know about. Now he's going to know. Gosh darn it. So <laughs> he looks as happy as you guys do. So um, you got turkey? 
Well, if you don't, I know an awesome kitchen crew that does have turkey, and we are inviting you to join us tonight at 5 p.m. for our church-wide Thanksgiving dinner. Um, wasn't planning on coming. Please still join us. We have so much food. You, they've been working so hard for days, so we would love you to join. Whether you're planning on it or not, please come with us tonight. Um, there will not be any lessons tonight um, because we will be having our family uh, Thanksgiving. And this Wednesday, there will be uh, no prayer and share um, because everybody will probably be getting ready to spend time with their families. So here's the surprise announcement. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes at me. Uh, Please put on your calendar for Sunday, December 10th. We are having our third annual Christmas celebration. It'll be right after church, and we are going to serve everybody lunch, and we're going to have fun and games, Christmas music, and prizes, lots and lots of prizes. So we would love to have you join us. Thank you. Good morning. I must confess, I already had some turkey this year, but it's not going to be the same as being with our fellow family and church members today at Emmanuel Baptist Church. So um, I won't steal any more thunder on that, but I hope you're here today. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for this day. Just thank you for the opportunity to come to, to come together today and worship with our fellow church members here. And if there's no, if there's someone here today that does not know you. Let's just open their hearts and minds that they might hear the message that you've laid upon Pastor Cliff's heart today to share with them, that they might grow closer to you and make that decision. We just want to be with our church family um, during the, the, like I say, the, the season that's upon us, not only Thanksgiving and Christmas, just as we have the opportunity to be around our fellow friends and family members that we'll have the opportunity to share with them as well. Just be with our church family and be with those who are not here today. And just be with the tithes and offerings that will be given later on as well. In your name, amen. Okay, please stand with me once again, and we'll worship through song. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, 
all my fears and failures fill my life again give my life to follow everything i believe in now i God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever, the author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave, shine your light and let the whole world see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King, Jesus Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Let our praise Let your word move in 
You ready? You ready to dive into God's Word? Okay. And uh, let's take a look. We're in 2 Timothy. Uh, this is a, a letter that Paul writes while he's in prison. Okay. He writes it while he's in prison in Rome. And it may have been the second time that he's been in prison there. But, but nevertheless, he's writing to, to Timothy, a guy who's, who he's worked with, a guy who sat under him, who he's taught. And, and so 
He's passing the baton to Timothy. He realizes, as we work through this letter, he realizes his time is coming to an end. And so he wants to pass that baton off, okay? So that's what we get in 2 Timothy, a great letter, and we're going to learn stuff from it, okay? It wasn't to us, but it's a letter to us, okay? How do you put that? It wasn't, it's, your name's not at the beginning of the letter, but God meant for you to have this letter. That's why it's in your Bible, whether it's electronic, whether it's on your iPad, your phone, your, uh, your Android, your paper Bible, however you've got it there. Uh, it, is, it was meant for you and I, and we want to take a look at that. So today, as we baptize Joseph, I said this is, you know, he's, he's in, what, day four, day five of the sanctification process, all right? He's got it down, okay? You know, isn't that how, how it should work? I just got saved, right? Now everything's going to be better, but the, the deal is, the deal is, it's not always that case, right? Because the enemy lost a battle. Satan wanted to keep Joseph and you and whoever else is saved from accepting Jesus. He, he wanted to keep you in his camp, on his side, working for him even though you didn't know it. So on Wednesday afternoon, Satan lost. All right? Joseph has a home in heaven. The Holy Spirit has sealed him, stamped him. He belongs to God. He is in God's hand. In John 10, he is in God's hand. And nobody, that includes Satan, can pluck Joseph out of God's hands. There's no better place to be than that. But this road of walking as a Christian is more than, it, it, it's, it's a long road. It's a hard road. We, you know, the, the burial of the, of the old life under the water and the resurrection to a new life. In the picture of it, that's a beautiful thing. But I want you to know that you'll struggle. We struggle with the old life, right? Those things that we, we had a habit of doing, those sinful things, the, the, the way that we looked at life, the, the, the lens through which we viewed the world, that old lens is still there. It still hangs on. And we struggle to move. We struggle to look a lot different. You know, when we get saved, that'll be, we, a, we, we feel like we look different. But we don't. We might have a little glow, a smile. But, but and some, we'd like to think that we're going to act better. We're going to be just like Jesus. But it's this process. It's a hard Hard. This journey can be hard. It's a hard road for us to take. That's why that why are we gathered together as a body? So we know we have one another. You know, I'm not in this battle alone. I'm not fighting Satan alone. I'm I'm with. I'm in this battle with you. You guys are praying for me. I'm praying for you. The people around you for praying praying for you. You're praying for them. It's the body that walks together because this battle is hard. This battle is hard. The battle for our salvation was even harder. Okay, the battle for our salvation was even harder. Today, we remember what Jesus did for us. Okay, we remember what Jesus did for us. Flip that slide there. All right. He died for us. 
You know, sometimes it's tough being a Christian. But do you remember what it took for you to become a Christian? Jesus hung on a cross. They took his body. His blood was shed. That's what we're going we're gonna to have two components to the Lord's Supper. First is the bread. It represents the body that was broken for us, given for us. Then we're going to take a cup of, of grape juice. It, it, the grape juice you buy at Walmart, all right? But here's the deal. It's symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. The most precious commodity in all of the universe is the blood of Jesus Christ because it's the only thing that can provide for your salvation, for my salvation, for Joseph's salvation. Right? So he fought that battle. And guess what? When they took him off the cross and they buried him in the tomb, Satan thought he won. But we know that he walked out of that grave, right? The stone was rolled away. Jesus is alive. Right? So that's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus suffered for us. We're going to suffer. So let's read it here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. So follow along with me. It's up on the screen. Follow along in your Bible there, Bible app. You therefore, my son, love how he greets me. This is how he's talking to Timothy. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust those to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who were chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he, will also, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Let's talk a little bit about the cycle. We did that when we read out of Matthew 28. Go out, go ye therefore, and make disciples. And when, Tim, when Paul is talking to Timothy, when he's writing this letter, and it's one, of those, it's one of those things we might gloss over, but it's something that he's saying. I spoke to you. I entrusted the gospel to you. Paul has something very, very precious, and it is the gospel message of Jesus Christ dying on the cross so that we might be forgiven. That's the gospel message that, that Jesus has given to Paul. Now, that, that's Paul's treasure. But here's what Paul does with it. How many of you got something you call a treasure? How many of you have hidden it away? 
in a safe, right? Safe deposit box, something like that. The most precious treasure you have is Jesus. I want you to think about that for a second because here's the thing. Sometimes we lock Jesus up too. We don't tell anybody about Jesus. I got a note today. I got a note this week because Joseph told somebody. Okay? I was excited about that. I mean, that's the first process, right? Go out and tell somebody what Jesus did for you. And he did that. So, so as Paul speaks to Timothy, he's saying, I want you to find other men and I want you to take what I've given to you and I want you to give it to him, to them, okay? So that what happens? Paul gave it to Timothy, Paul gave it to Luke, Paul gave it to numerous other people. And yeah, I'm going to give it to you, Timothy, but you're not the end of the road. You're not the end of the road. You're not to stop. You need to pass it on to other people. And I want you to understand that's what, God, that's what God wants of us. That's what Jesus wants of us. We've got Jesus. We need to share the gospel, the, the most precious treasure that we have. We need to share with other people. We need to do that. That's what Timothy is, is asked to do. That's what Paul is telling him to do. Don't hang on to it like it's your own. It is your own. But share it with others so that their lives might be changed, so that somebody else might stand in here and we would have a similar story where they've asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Paul invites Timothy. How many of you invite people to, you, today? You all got invited. Kim stood up here and invited you to two things. One, I gave her permission to the other. Anyway. But you've been invited to Thanksgiving dinner this afternoon at 5 o'clock. I'm, I'm hoping all of you will be there. We've got, we, we, we have, they have laid out the silverware for people whose names we do not yet have. That means we set a place for you even if you didn't tell us you were coming. So you've been invited to that. How many of you expect that to, how many of you were coming to that and expect that to be really fun? Okay. Now, if Kim would have stood up here and said, hey, what we need you to do before you have dinner is we need you to run out to the high, to Interstate 55 and back. You can go at your own pace. How many in for that, right? I got no, I got one, I got no hands. Okay? Because what we don't like is hardship. I mean, I, you know, this is the best kind of Thanksgiving meal. We show up and eat, go home. Somebody's doing a lot of work. But anyway, Paul doesn't invite Timothy into a vacation. He's not going to Branson. He's not going to Disney World or Disneyland. He's not going to Paris. He says, I want you to join with me in suffering. He did that in the first chapter in verse 8. Join me in with me in suffering for the gospel. Boy, that's an invitation you can't pass up, right? But that's what he's asking you to do because... Tim, Paul's not painting it like it isn't. Paul's telling him, look, you come and labor for the gospel, you're gonna, you, the chances are you're going to suffer for it. Matter of fact, I'm in prison, right? 
Prison is not one of those things. How many of you looking forward to going to prison? Again, no hands. Right? So here's the thing. That's not something we anticipate going to. But Paul invites him to do that. Paul invites him to join in with the suffering. And we'll talk more about that. But that's the invite that he gives to Timothy. And as he does that, he then gives three illustrations. He gives three illustrations. What the illustrations are for what is so that we can understand that, all right? Here, sometimes I'll tell a story. Sometimes it's a good story, sometimes not, okay? But what that's meant to do is to help you understand something that's in the Bible. When Jesus told a parable or gave, in essence, an illustration, he was trying to teach them something that they needed to understand, but it might be easier for them to understand it if he words it in this fashion. And so, as Paul writes, he's going to talk about what the Christian life or what his life is like, what he thinks about, and what he's doing in that service that he's calling Timothy to join in with. And the first thing that he uses is the illustration of the soldier. Okay? The soldier. And what he says about the soldier is the soldier doesn't get entangled in the affairs of everyday life because he's on the front. He's on the front lines. He's, he's in battle. He can't be concerned with the plumbing at home. He's, he's, he's out there, and he's got he's to watch out. He's got to watch his own back at this point. And so Paul's not necessarily knocking your everyday life, but here's what happens, and he knows that happens with, with us as Christians. Sometimes the everyday life pushes out the gospel. It pushes out our service for God. And so that, when he's talking about that, he gives that illustration of a soldier. He mentions that the soldier's not entangled in everyday life. It's not, he, he has his focus on serving God. Everything else is secondary. Those things need to be addressed, but they can't push out the gospel. They can't push out serving for God. But that's what happens. And so that's that invite. Here's what the Christian life is like. I want you to understand, you're going to be a soldier. And in that, think about this. The soldier is in service of a higher command. As we are soldiers for Christ, we're not in charge. God is. We serve Him. We serve Him. The next illustration that he gives is an athlete, which there were tons of when I asked if you wanted to run out to 55 and back. Okay? All right. So athletes. Athletes have to participate by the rules. Occasionally when we're, 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 we're uh, hearing the news about some marathon runner, uh, the New York Marathon or wherever, whatever the marathon might be, and you'll find out that somebody got on a subway train, rode over to another point, and then joined back in the race. They got caught. They didn't play by the rules. So, sounds, that's my idea of running a marathon, right? But that's not the rules. We serve God, and God has standards for us to live by. Like the athlete, we have these things. And like the athlete, we're enduring to the finish. There's a finish line out ahead. We don't stop until we get there. 
And that's what Paul sees the Christian life as. We're like that athlete. We're going to keep running. We're going to fight as if to win, right? That's what he talks about. And so that's not the first time he uses that. But he goes through this. When he goes through this, he he rattles off all three of them quickly. But I want you to know that I think that Timothy walked away and processed it. And that's what I want you to do today. You know, between now and, think, now and the dinner tonight, you've got time to think about the, the, the soldier, about the athlete, and lastly, about the farmer. And if you get insight that I missed, you tell me. But he talks about the, 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 this Christian life. This life of service is like a farmer, a hard-working farmer. Hard, Proverbs talks about that, right? But a hard-working farmer. And he talks about that, that the farmer gets to harvest. The farmer gets to harvest. We, wrote, we, we live out in the country. So we passed several farms on our way up here. And when we turned the corner, I could see down there was a dust. It was a combine in need of a bath. But why was it in need of a bath? Because it had been out in the fields picking corn and picking beans. And I don't know if you've noticed, but those things are dusty. And, and, you know, how can you tell when a combine's out there? Because it's just a cloud of dust moving through the field. What are they doing? They're picking the harvest. They're bringing in the grain. Beautiful thing. But none of that happens unless they first go out in the spring and plant the crops. It won't be long. We'll be looking forward to spring. That, that second or third snowfall, we were looking. Some, some of you guys are farmers. You're not quite ready to get back in the tractor to plant the fields. I get that. But that's what the Christian life is like. I told you that I have, I have some names that I'm praying for to get saved. I'm going to continue to pray for them to get saved. And, I'm gonna conti- and I've been praying for some of these people for a long time. But farming teaches you patience too, doesn't it? Because you can't plant it in March and pick it in April. It takes time. So does the work of God. We don't exactly know. We, we do the work. And we don't know what comes of it. But we're anticipating and expecting that there's going to be a harvest. That's why we planted. As a Christian, as a soldier in God's army, as an athlete, striving for the prize that God has, we're looking for a harvest. And so those are the things that he gives to us. And then in that ninth verse, I believe it was, it's remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. We're going to do that in a moment. He suffered. Paul says that I suffer. Paul says that I suffer. We live with him. As you read through the book of 2 Timothy, you might look at it and go, sometimes it feels like it's a woe is me thing, but no, it is not. It's God's dedicated servant doing everything that he can so that somebody else might know freedom from sin. That they might know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
Here's the action step that I want you to take. We talked about a soldier. We talked about an athlete. And we talked about a farmer. Because that's what Paul Here's what I want you to work on this week. This week, maybe this afternoon, you you and you come in tonight and you come in with excitement. I'm expecting that you come up with your example. How would you explain to somebody else what it's like to be a Christian, to suffer, to serve, to plant, to endure, to fight the battle against the enemy? What, what, what thing would you use to explain what it's like to somebody else about this struggle for Jesus that we're in? So, Adam's going to come and play because what we want to do is give you an opportunity. You've seen Joseph get baptized, testimony that, that he asked Jesus to be Savior. If you need to do that, you want to do that, while we're singing, while all of us are standing and singing in a moment, then you just peel out of the aisle there, wherever you're at. You make your way down here, and we'll talk to you. Maybe you have a question that I didn't, because Joseph and I talked a little bit more than this. And I'd be willing to talk to you about what it means to accept Jesus as your Savior. What do you have to do? Because I, like Paul, want you to be saved. So we're going to give the invitation. Maybe the invitation is for something else. Maybe you, maybe you feel called to go into the ministry. Maybe you feel called to be a pastor. Maybe you feel called to be a missionary or a church planter. Then I invite you to come do that. Maybe, maybe you want to really be a family member here, and to have membership here. And so if you'd like to join our church as a member, as Joseph has done, then I would encourage you to make your way down, and we'll talk about that. Maybe you want to pray for your who's your one. It's that time. You're looking for a harvest, but it's not yet come. And you want to pray for that person, and you come. Let's stand. of love 
and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ i We have the kids come back and join us. What I'd like to do before we partake of the Lord's Supper, several years ago, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association put together um, some movies, okay? They put together some testimonies. And so today, I'd like to play, I, I'd love to play it every time, but we, we just don't take the time always to do it. But today, I'd like us to watch The Magician. It's the story about a magician and and you'll get you i'm just gonna let him play the movie so you'll see the rest adam and i'll come sit down and watch it as a magician you're very skeptical and you realize that most of what's going on behind the scenes is fake or false the idea of an all-powerful god seems incredibly silly and when I talked to people that would go to church, I can remember thinking that they were just falling for a simple magic trick. It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain controlling everything. I'd grown up understanding how to make people believe something was real when it was really not. I am a master of phoniness. I'm a, I'm a charlatan by craft. But I began to ask myself a big God question. I said, God, if you are real, then I need you to bring me back behind the curtain. I need you to show me how it works. And I need you to make this so real to me that I cannot ignore it. I will never forget the day this man walks into my room and he said, Mr. Monroe, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have, you have cancer. I said, what? And he looked at me and said, Mr. Monroe, he said, we cannot cure you of your disease. My wife and I were, we were in a bad place. God, where are you? I guess you aren't that great. I had been married for five years. I had just a three-year-old girl and a two-year-old little boy. And I needed, I needed more time with my family. I needed more time. The cancer doctor looked at me and said, Mr. Monroe, he said, we cannot cure you of your disease. There is something, however, that we would like to try. It's called a bone marrow transplant. The problem with your body is that your white blood cells are making bad copies of bad copies. Your body is deceiving itself. It's playing a trick on itself. 
So what we need to do is we need to completely destroy your system. And what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to find someone in the world whose DNA matches yours close enough to grow a brand new immune system, a brand new blood system from scratch. We're gonna substitute someone else's perfect blood on your behalf so that you can live again. God said without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. There has to be a substitute for you who will take the judgment that you deserve, the death that you deserve, and that substitute became Jesus Christ. I was thinking to myself, man, my time is running out. I am dying of cancer. It's been hard to deal with right now. Peyton is three years old and Gavin is two years old. My two babies, should this take my life early, I love you. They began the most vicious concoction of chemo, the goal of which was not just to destroy the cancer in my body, but was literally to destroy me. It was hell. It was a slow death. I really am scared. I'm really trying not to be fearful, but I am fearful. I'm trying to be strong for my wife and for my, for my family. But uh, I'm pretty scared. We are waiting to hear from the National Bone Marrow Donor Program, seven million people currently registered on the database. And there was one perfect match for me, just one. It was a 19-year-old female. They said, Mr. Monroe, your bone marrow transplant is scheduled for April 23rd. You're gonna get a brand new birthday. They said, you are gonna be like a baby inside the womb all over again. The nurses celebrate your new birth in the hospital. And I heard that terminology before too, somewhere at the churches that I had attended but literally I was gonna be born anew. And then I'll never forget on April 23rd, they brought this bag of blood into my room and everyone was hoping in that moment that my body would receive that new life, that new blood. I sit here today, 100% completely cancer free when they look at my blood today, they see a 19-year-old female. They see her, they see XX chromosome. And I'm reminded of a verse in Galatians 2. It says, uh, it's no longer I who live, but it's someone else who lives on the inside of me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith. Save my life. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Save my life, I almost John 17, three, it says, this is eternal life, knowing you, God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I'm fully convinced of the claims of Jesus as a skeptical person and as an illusionist. I know that the God of the universe has brought me back behind the curtain just like I asked him to, cancer, was how he did it through my life. 
and there's a spiritual cancer that's eating us away on the inside and we're all longing, we're all begging for someone to step in and to save us from that condition. Um, that's a powerful video. Not only the story of a man who had cancer and now doesn't, but it's a man that faced something far greater than death from cancer. It was separation from God. And so he got to walk behind the curtain and the story of his blood transfusion, the new life that lives in him, is what we celebrate today. We're gonna, we're gonna, the deacons will come up and we're gonna give out the elements. And the first is, is, a, is a piece of wafer bread. It probably didn't taste good, but that's okay. Neither did dying on the cross for you. But he gave his body that we might have eternal life. The second component that we will take is the cup. And it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. How much did he love you? The old painting said he, he stretched out his arms and he loved you that much that he died for you, that you might have eternal life. And so when you hold that bread, when you hold that cup, it's because he loved you. We're going to read this. Um, this is again from the, the Baptist faith and message. The Lord's Supper is a symbolic act of obedience whereby members of the church, through partaking of the bread and the fruit of the vine, memorialize the death of the Redeemer and anticipate his second coming. What a powerful thing. So as the deacons pass the bread first, you're going to pass it, hold on to it, we'll all take it together. Now, here's, here's the, the catch. If Jesus is not your Savior yet, you've not asked him to. I just ask you to, to watch the, you know, pass the plate on by, don't take anything out of it. It may not make sense to you now, but it will once you become a Christian. When you hold that bread and fully understand what he did. So, uh, with that, I'm going to ask the deacons to come on up. Whoever's coming to grab the plates.
I'm going to ask Shirley to come up here and lead us in a prayer of thanks for the bread. And then we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians 11 chapter in just a moment. So. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did for us. Going through the agony of being scourged giving your life, giving your body, Lord, willingly to save us from our sins and be part of God's eternal plan for us. We cannot thank you enough, Lord. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So out of 1 Corinthians 11, chapter verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
again, Glenn is going to pray for us and offer thanks, and then we'll read the scripture. Our dear grace, Heavenly Father, as we come to you right now, Lord, and with thanksgiving in our heart to start with, Lord, for you being the awesome God that you are, the saving God, the, the forgiving God that you are. But most of all, Lord, I want to thank you for uh, coming to earth as a human, Lord, to, to be born into this world and then to, to die and, and, and go to the cross for our sins, Lord, as, as we come to you now. At this part of the service, Lord, as, as we take uh, this cup in remembrance of your blood that you said for us, Lord, such a painful death that you had to, to suffer and die for, for me, Lord, and for each one that's here. And we just pray that everyone would realize how much you sacrificed for us, Lord. I just lift all this up to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, verses 25 and 26. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. All right. You guys can have a seat for a minute. And Adam. So, this is an audible that Adam's not ready for and Gage is not ready for, but let's do that one song because I missed it. Which song? That short song. Oh, this is the day? Yeah, this is the day. Can you do this as the day? Okay. We just, we just celebrated the two ordinances of the church today with a new believer being baptized. And he got to take hold of the bread and the cup same day that we baptized him. What a joy. Even without that, when I hold that, when, you, when, I, when I watched the, the plate passed, and, and some of you I remember baptizing, okay, and the cup, what a joy that is. We serve a risen Savior, and he's coming back for us. The trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we, which are alive and remain, who can't jump very high, are going to fly in the sky to meet him in, in the air. What a powerful thing. So let's sing that one. And then, Joseph, get ready because you're coming down. This is a day, this is a day that the Lord has made. Come on down here. Ken, you want to hand me that envelope? There you go. Thanks, bud. All right. So, this is your baptismal certificate, okay? And it tells you when you got baptized, where at, and all that good stuff. Um, it has my name on it, which I printed because I signed, and, well, you can't read it anyway. So, um, 
<laughs> so, so just so you know that. And we, we are proud. So here's what happened. Wednesday night, we had business meeting. Stay up here. Don't, don't walk <laughs> off. Wednesday night, we had business meeting. And Joseph showed up. He showed up for dinner. He showed up for the business meeting. And it was really quick. He hopes they're all like that. And, um, but that night, we, we voted him in. Okay, so, so very excited about that. Know that, again, he's going to go away very quickly. And uh, matter of fact, while you're here, and now, now the other question somebody asked me, are we going to give him a Bible? Well, I did that already, okay? And you've read all of it already? <laughs> okay, so I gave, him, I gave him a big old study Bible, and I gave him a little Bible uh, that he can take with him, and, and he's got another book or two books. That I think When he walked out, he had a lot more than he came in with. And I think somebody else is going to give you something down, down the line, so, so we're thankful for that. Guys, if I could have the deacons come up, we will, is it okay if we pray for you? Okay. Is it okay if they lay hands on you? Okay, good. Gently, guys. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, what a, what a great day it has been to be in your house, to be witness of your power. Lord, he was baptized, but more than that, Lord, you, you snatched him from death and redeemed him, and your blood covers him. Father, just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that opportunity to share the gospel. Father, I pray that you would give us many more. Father, that we'd see many more respond to you. These that we're praying for, Lord, on our choose, on our who's your one list, Father. I pray, Lord, that they would come to know you before you return. Father, we, we pray for We know that Joseph won't be with us for long. We know where Joseph is going. We know the, the perils that he will face. And Father, we pray that he would return to us. And Father, we would celebrate the continuance of his sanctification. Father, be with us as we go out this day. Bring us back tonight for the Thanksgiving dinner. And use us, Lord, to share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So when, when will I see you guys again? Five o'clock. Where at? Old Cross the Street. And he got turkey. <laughs>